0: That night, they can hear him screaming. It's the next morning when Heather finds the bundle. The bundle, the girl dinner of of Josh's teeth (laughs) and and goo, his body goo.
1: (laughs) Hello, welcome to Guide to the Unknown. I'm Kristen.
0: And I'm her little brother, William.
1: And this is our 300th episode. William, Thank
0: you for doing all of these. Kristen, thank you for doing all of these. Of
1: course. This is so fun.
0: I love to do it. I am and thrilled I think it's so to cool. be here. Yeah. I am so excited that we've been doing this for as long as we have. It's yep. crazy that we've gotten to episode 300. I know. Um, and that means that we've got 300 episodes plus, quite oh, yeah. frankly, of hauntings, cryptids, UFO encounters, horror stories. And more. It occurred to me totally that guide to the unknown, the name of our show. It really has, over the course of years and with 300 episodes, become a library. Yeah, that I think anybody, if you've got an interest in some paranormal topic. Uh, some uh, horrific event, a lot of pop culture, you can search our feed and you might just find an entry. Yes. You might find an episode that speaks directly to you.
1: Yeah, to that thing, that interest, the thing you have a question mark about.
0: And if it's not there, maybe it will be someday.
1: Absolutely. Let us know. We'll make it happen.
0: Yes. Uh, now, there are well, many... Well, maybe. Let's not, you know. Uh, you know, on a long enough timeline, <laughs> theoretically, we cover literally That's true. everything. That's true. It's like the the old <laughs> adage of like put a enough monkeys and typewriters in a room that'll come up with Shakespeare, right. someday we will have covered literally everything.
1: We are nothing if not monkeys in front of, at least keyboards. We are
0: nothing. <laughs> now, there are many ways that you could celebrate 300 episodes. Mm-hmm. People already know if they've uh, clicked play on this sucker. We're celebrating, I think, the best possible way by yeah. taking another look at the Blair Witch franchise and specifically... Focusing on the early beginnings of the Blair Witch. Right. As it initially launched. Yes. Uh, for people who have been listening to Guide to the Unknown long enough, you may recall that we technically did an episode about the Blair Witch, an episode at 51, mm-hmm. 250 episodes ago. Yeah. Which equates to like five years ago. Right. Uh, I listened back to it. And uh, you can too, of course, mm-hmm. if you want to hear me motor mouth through literally the entire franchise. <laughs> To try to do, to try <laughs> to, to cover, fit it in. to fit it in, <laughs> to cover literally every single movie, game, book, yeah, yeah. every spinoff, <laughs> trying to jam it into about 45 minutes. Yeah. We're going to take our time. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think Blair Witch deserves. Of course. And the best way forward. Yeah. So, uh, listeners, viewers, Thank you for being here with us. Yes. Thank you for supporting us for 300 plus episodes. Yeah, here's what's on the table. All right, is this okay? Set do you mind, it. Do you mind me setting the table? Go
1: on and set it.
0: We are going to be talking about here in episode 300. We're going to be talking about the movie, the Blair Witch Project. Mm-hmm. We are going to be talking about the website. Yeah, the famous website. For the Blair Witch Project, which really is credited with being one of the first pieces of viral marketing. It's so cool. We're going to be taking a look at the Blair Witch Dossier book, mm-hmm. which was released the same month. And finally, we're going to talk about the, I think most people don't even know it exists.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't until a couple years ago.
0: Comic book. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much more, but that's what we're talking about in this episode. There's going to be something of a a two-parter because we're going to talk about basically The Blair Witch came out in 1999 and it wasn't just a movie. It released as a multimedia juggernaut. Right. A website, a movie, a book, a comic and other stuff all came out in 1999 together. Yeah, it's so cool that they did all that. I, I absolutely love it. Blair Witch like hit the ground running mm-hmm. with the, the 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 story went as deep as your patience and curiosity allowed. Pretty much. Uh, and so we're going to be able to talk about part of the 1999 Blair Witch launch. We'll we'll wrap 1999. Yeah. Next week, And hopefully if everybody's into us doing this, you're you're looking at a future where we periodically return to Blair Witch to get in depth about hell, maybe everything that was ever released in the franchise, because God knows I've
1: got it. And there's plenty. I mean, there are the three movies. There's a whole series of books, like not even just the comic books. Um, like, you know, kind of classic paperbacking, not super long mysteries, I guess.
0: Yes. The Blair Witch Files, a YA novel series. Right. Where Heather's cousin uh, <laughs> investigates different paranormal phenomenon to try to understand what happened to her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so there's
0: really no shortage. We could do this for a long time. And and the video games. My mm-hmm. God, the oh, video God, games. Right. Yeah. The The yeah. specials. Mm-hmm. oh i'm I'm very excited,
1: yeah, it's totally awesome uh yeah so William, why don't you get us rolling?
0: okay, so I think we're, we're gonna start with uh the movie itself, which yeah. I think is is only appropriate mm-hmm. now I should also say, as this episode comes out, people who follow the show may have already seen it hit their feeds, yeah, to celebrate three hundred episodes of Guide to the unknown. we decided. To, to bundle up a little gift. Not for us, for you.
1: Mm-hmm. And don't worry, it's not a little stick, man. No. Nor is it a bundle of cloth with body parts in <laughs> with, it. With
0: like blood and teeth in it. Yeah. Uh, we recorded a commentary track for the Blair Witch Project mm-hmm. and it's out literally right now. Yeah. Head to patreon.com slash GTTU pod. It's on our ghost tier. Yep. The $4 and up tier where our scream commentaries are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so literally when the show wraps, you can just, you can pop that on and yeah. watch the movie with us.
1: You're in good shape or you can just listen to it because it's basically us talking over the entire movie. Oh, absolutely. some gaps where we're watching, but briefly.
0: Very few. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that's why I'm excited, to because in that we we give some like reactions to moment by moment things that happen in the movies yep. and some trivia insight, our own theories and stuff here. When we talk about the first movie, I what, what I love the most about the Blair Witch, because I really almost view the Blair Witch as damn near being like a perfect yeah. horror franchise, at least for me. It mm-hmm. almost it's like almost catered to my interests. Even the second one? Um, we'll get there someday. Certainly, but you would call that perfect. Let's focus on 1999. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's stay with 1999. All right, so
1: maybe franchise was too strong a word.
0: Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, let's let's see how things grow and change as we go in, a, in the in the future.
1: I'm still gonna bet that you don't feel that it's a perfect movie.
0: Oh, uh, you know, well, I really enjoy it. I would not say that. Yeah, you know, I think that's fair. Hot take: <laughs> uh, Book of Shadows, Blair Witch Two, is not perfect. Is imperfect. <laughs> is it (laughs) imperfect film (laughs) um i'm sorry to whoever may be upset by that are you okay yeah anyway Mm -hmm. 1999 with all of this stuff releasing and the idea that you could see the movie and then watch the special that aired on sci-fi see the movie then read the book then read the comic pour through the website Mm -hmm. if i were older when the movie came out or had my wits about me yeah I would have been all about it. I'm all about it now and have been for quite some time, but I came here late. However, all of this folklore where it's not even clear what's the actual truth of the legend of the Blair Witch, that's like, to me, uh, perfect. It's a playground for storytelling. You could tell almost any story in this world.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's so much fun. I don't know. I I don't know. So I... I was aware of all this stuff as it happened. Like I I'm assuming that I read about the movie coming out in mom's entertainment weeklies. Cause I yeah. always read them and they that's were on the I'd- cover, I believe i mean that's my best guess i really don't remember but um i remember going to the website and thinking it was just so incredibly cool and i always knew that it was fictional somehow i never i I guess because i probably read about it in entertainment weekly um and i thought it was amazing but i was not aware at all about like the dossier the comic book and not even about the sci-fi special yeah so i feel like or I wonder if that's something that, in hindsight, with us all loving the Blair Witch Project for years and years, mm-hmm. like has been like there's all this other stuff around it. I, I don't know if it was that popular and that advertised at the time because I remember anticipating this movie highly, yeah, um, and I wasn't aware of any of the stuff around it.
0: I think I think you're totally correct about mm-hmm. all of that. I think that the if if anything beyond the movie itself um, got relatively mainstream attention it was the website yeah nothing else not the book not certainly not the comic
1: yeah i wish that they had somehow made that more clear if it gotten more attention because i totally would have like interacted with all of these things yeah. around the same time. Um, so yeah, it's such a cool idea, that experience. Yeah. But I wish they had fleshed out getting it to the people.
0: It's it's interesting, right? Like I feel like this is almost um, a business strategy that I could see someone trying today, although I would also understand the risk of like, you've got to contract an artist like a year it's ahead to make the comic. Like what, why are we doing all of this? And that's why no one does it. Totally. But that is one of the things that makes... 1999 Blair Witch, the original lore Blair Witch. Yeah. So special Mm -hmm. is that it is so varied and it's so unusual. Yes. And you know, selfishly, I love that few people know about the comic or, mm-hmm. n- or or have read the book.
1: Yeah, it's fun. You know? It's fun to discover that and to yeah. talk about it and have people be like, oh, what? Yes. Like, it's it's awesome.
0: So, um, the Blair Witch Project itself comes out in 1999. The website would have been around, I think, about a month prior TOPS. Mm-hmm uh very very close but certainly when the trailers were coming out for the movie they all ended with blairwitch.com yeah and it was 1999 where like everybody was was getting on the internet but still kind of clumsy we're dialing up about it i don't think anybody had really capitalized and made such an immersive lore mm-hmm. hub like the website was and of yeah. course the fabled thing about the blair witch um for those of you who somehow don't know it all Um, was marketed around these three film students, Heather Donahue, Joshua Leonard, and Michael Williams, who went into uh, the small town of Burkittsville, Maryland, investigating the local legends about the Blair Witch. Mm -hmm. They then walked into the Black Hills Forest, and they were never seen again. One year later, the footage was found. Right. And the found footage... Genre Is born. Is born. There are a lot of people who will point to Cannibal Holocaust. I will always disagree. Um, there's also a movie called The Last Broadcast, which mm-hmm. is a Jersey Devil movie set in the Pine Barrens. Yeah. Still haven't seen it somehow?
1: No, I haven't either. I forget about it until... Somebody says it every time. I think
0: it's time to fill that. Maybe I'll try to do that before next week sure. to, to give some insight into that. Mm-hmm. But um, I, st- I certainly consider the Blair Witch the first true found footage movie.
1: I do too. I mean, it's definitely the one that put it on the map that yeah. everybody was aware of. Decidedly. Like, not that many people have heard of, or at least at least at the time had
0: heard of Cannibal Holocaust. Totally, but so um, controversially and famously. Everybody claimed that Heather Donahue, Heather, Mike, and Josh, they said, are all genuinely dead. Yeah. People
1: thought that this was a real documentary and like that the website was a real missing person call out to anybody who might be able to find them or encounter them anywhere. Like people thought this was real because it seems so incredibly real. Like everything is, even the beginning of the movie, I can't say it verbatim, but it's set up being like, Three students went into the woods of Burkittsville. Um, they were never seen again. This is the footage that was found. Yes. Or whatever. And you believe it. There's no reason not to if you don't know. You totally. Know, and it's yeah. part of
0: a grand old tradition in horror where it's like the Texas Chainsaw is said yeah. to be based on a true story. Mm-hmm. The original Dracula book is presented like a dossier. Right. Which is but, sort of like a found footage book of documents and stuff. Which is so neat.
1: But like with Texas Chainsaw, it's filmed like a movie. So yes. it's easier to just be like, oh, I get it. Like they're, it, this is a fun thing. But because this is like shaky cam, people not acting like actors, just talking to each other. There's like minutia. There's just walking around. It feels like real life minus the scary stuff. So it's way easier to be convinced that like, oh my God, this is actually the footage of people who are missing.
0: Yes. And not only that, uh, when they were touring around at film festivals with early cuts of the movie. The filmmakers would distribute Mm -hmm. missing flyers for Heather, Mike, and Josh. Yeah. uh, Which was like genuine viral marketing in 1999 before anyone was doing this stuff, really. And even on IMDb, which was in its nascent stages itself, Mm -hmm. it listed Heather, Mike, and Josh as presumed dead. Yes, which I love. Which is so crazy, (laughs) over the top. Like, can you imagine? I can't even imagine a movie really doing this today. No. Genuine lightning in a bottle. Genuine, genuine lightning in a bottle. (laughs) No.
1: I know it's also because it was kind of even though the internet was there it was pre-social media and kind of like the ubiquitousness of everyone online and being able to google everybody you could find out that this was um fictional in like two minutes today but back then it wasn't as easy to just google somebody and find out everything about them what they did today whatever
0: i went poking around to see if people had recollections of like did you really believe that this was true Mm -hmm. and there certainly were some people that were like of course i believed it was true i saw also a lot of people saying like I it became pretty clear pretty quickly to me that it was a movie and this was a gimmick. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's probably true for a lot of people. Yeah. I wonder if a lot of people like hindsight is 2020. <laughs> totally. You know, they they convinced themselves that they were ahead of it. No matter <laughs> what, even if it even if you did smell that it was not real, mm-hmm. it's to me and enter- the best entertainment um instinctively gets you to suspend your disbelief. Yes. Right. Like as as a, a, a creator mm-hmm. i I fully believe that like every medium that you engage in is um you're participating as an audience, yeah right? like even people who are listening to us talk right this second you're choosing to listen to us talk you yes. are, you're opting into this experience it's you are active. not passive yeah exactly mm-hmm. and so I think that uh there there even if you feel like you're having a hard time getting in like I find myself really wanting to take the leaps into the Blair Witch world and be like, let's assume that this is all true. I want to poke through every nook and cranny. Yeah. Because at the end, the Blair Witch is going to be about these three film students that thought they were investigating the legend of a witch and then find out they're lost Mm -hmm. and perhaps they're going to die. Are they just the latest in a long line of people who have fallen to this ancient witch in the woods? Is it all just a a case of like tragic bad luck? Mm-hmm. You got lost in the woods and died. Yeah. Is it all a hoax? Weirdly, the fictional world of the Blair Witch mirrors so much of like even like I know this is I, I don't like when people bring up stuff like I'm about to bring it up, but like think about Slenderman, mm-hmm. the Slenderman stabbing. Yeah. Right. Like people do get influenced by folklore yeah. and, and the idea of. Stories as a living, breathing thing that change in the telling from person to person to person. Right. And you might get so invested in it you get lost. Definitely.
1: And I think that suspending... It's real. Yeah, suspending that disbelief like you were talking about and just wanting to kind of get into it and getting hooked in right away... I think part of that is just being like part or part of what it's so enjoyable about that is to feel that way. Mm -hmm. It must mean that you are like really in the moment and really like wrapped up in the movie and not necessarily, I mean, obviously here and there, but like not just squirming and being like, Oh, I'm kind of uncomfortable. I'm sort of hungry. Like you're really buying in and getting like all wrapped up in what's happening in front of you right now. And experiences like that, where you are totally in it, are so fun and yes. so ultimately satisfying.
0: How can you not want to get into How this? How could you
1: not want to? And also like mystery is, at least for me, like one of the things that creates that experience the fastest. Yes. Just being like, what is this? I want to know what's happening, whatever. Like that will make me forget what else is going on. Totally. And this is such a
0: <laughs> it's such a mystery. It, it nails but it. it. Is. It's like, it's like a magic trick. Yes. Yeah, and so obviously cool. it, it became a, a specifically the movie, The Blair Witch Project, became something that was debated hotly. By people for mm-hmm. how long have, has it been? 24 years? Yeah, I guess so. You know, where some people are like, no, 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 here's what's really happening. And, yeah. the, and some of that's clickbait YouTube stuff. Yep. Um, but some people are like, no, 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 there is a witch. No, there's not a witch. Mm-hmm. No, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Josh and Mike teamed up to kill Heather. I know. And it's like, everyone's entitled to their own opinion.
1: Sure, but there are also some things but that are just. But I'm
0: right, and I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Why I'm right?
1: Of course, there are also just some things that are refuted by the text. Yes, you know what I mean. Like it just literally doesn't make sense if you actually think think about what's happening in the movie. Like it's a cool, that's neat as um like fanfic. If mm-hmm. if you decide to like rewrite in a way what has happened in the movie to suit Mike and Josh being the killers, like that's a fun thing to do. Sure. I think that's sweet, but it's just not. It's not what's happening in the movie. It doesn't support that. No, not you know at all. You know what I mean. And by the way, everybody out there, just so you know, this is happening. Today, like modern day, like the Blair Witch project is still like a hum it has a humongous like niche fan following. Yes. People are currently talking about those things. And I think that's pretty unique for something that came out twenty-four years ago and is for all intents and purposes a singular movie.
0: Absolutely. Yes, yes. Most people did not go to the like Right. The supplementary material, the other stuff. You're you're totally right.
1: But they're still talking about As it. As of right now, like, in a couple so of mean. days,
0: I will be driving down to Birkinsville, Maryland for the first ever screening of the Blair Witch project. Right. In the Burkittsville Cemetery featured in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. like, there is a community around this. And I hope and that's only the out. first of and it's sold out. Hopefully it's just the first of many that will occur. Yep. Um, all right, let's 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 talk about the movie. Mm-hmm. Let me. I'm going to attempt in like one minute or less to just tell you what happens in the movie to set the table, and then we can go deeper if we need to.
1: I think we shouldn't talk the movie too, too much. Really? Because we've got so much else to talk about with the dossier and the comic book, and people are much less familiar with those things than the movie. You're
0: totally right, except there's one angle I want to give you of the movie.
1: Fine by me, but I, took, I'm just saying, I took. I think we should...
0: I took interesting notes. Yes. So Heather, Mike, and Josh go to Burkittsville to investigate the Blair Witch. They interview people in the town. It was a mix of people that were planted by the filmmakers and real people that they walked up to and said, do you know about the Blair Witch? <laughs> yeah. And some people having no idea what that was because it's all made up, still went, yeah, yeah I do. Yeah, they and, vamped. And they're in the movie. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. They end up going into the woods themselves. They quickly get lost. It seems like uh, the witch may be targeting... Josh in particular, Heather, Mike, and Josh argue about being lost. They argue about who has the map. Turns out Mike kicked the map into the creek. Yeah. They think they're walking south to hopefully just walk south all day and and will eventually get out.
1: Hit some sort of civilization.
0: Only to find themselves ending up at a log that they had already passed. How is this happening? Mm -hmm. Um, One morning they wake up and Josh is fully missing. Heather will receive a bundle of twigs containing cloth (laughs) wrapped around blood and gore and teeth and hair like a, like part of a cheek yeah i don't know what's in there it seems like it's almost like when a cat leaves a mouse on your doorstep yeah. except it seems like some far more villainous message of like i took your man
1: it's a little bit more of a charcuterie yeah stuff though you know what i mean like it'll be like it's it's like a little hair a little teeth a little skin
0: yeah it's what al calls girl dinner have you heard of this?
1: It's a phenomenon in the internet right now. That's
0: been happening lately. That, that Girl dinner. Girl dinner is... Uh,
1: it's like making yourself a little mini, uh, mini like cheese plate or yes. something. Just like some nuts, Get some, some
0: cheese, some salami, some fruit. The Blair Witch leaves a, yeah. a girl dinner of, of <laughs> Josh's teeth out for Heather. And then Heather and Mike seem to hear Josh calling for help. Uh, and it leads them to a house in the woods. We just watched this like a few so days good. ago.
1: You talking about it is making me like this kicks ass when really I watch it.
0: It kicks major it ass. It really
1: does. The booty this thing is mm. taking its boot to.
0: Yes. Unbelievable. So, iconically, mm-hmm. Heather and Mike are running through the house when Mike realizes the sound of, of Josh's scream seems to be coming from downstairs. He's downstairs. <laughs> he goes running into the basement and his camera falls to the ground. We now follow Heather, who's got the other camera. Uh, And she eventually comes down to the basement to find Mike strangely standing facing the corner. Mm -hmm. And from off screen, something perhaps hits Heather or she's taken. Her camera falls as well. And quietly, we go to the credits. So what happened to them? It's awesome. And again, like we just said, people point to like there's a very famous uh, film theory out there. That uh, Mike and Josh killed Heather. Right. Well, I took my notes in a very specific way.
1: Gorgeous. Here's all the
0: evidence that proves something supernatural is afoot. Because, Excellent. I, not to be gatekeepy, but also uh, not to be too precious because, for th- those of you in the know, I actually got to work on a game in the in the Blair Witch universe. Yeah. Lionsgate contracted a company called Hunter Killer to mm-hmm. make a, a game, a board game series, essentially, Uh, And I was one of the writers. Um, uh, I handled most of the media for it. Kristen and I are actually in it as performers. Yes, awesome. So I also don't want to be like, this is mine. But I think that you're doing the movie a disservice if you don't pick up on some of the subtle uh, uh, paranormal events that are happening. Some not so subtle, by the way. Yeah, sure. So. Day one, they're just filming their documentary. They go to Coffin Rock and they tell some of the lore about a girl named Robin Weaver Mm -hmm. who disappeared in the woods and two search parties were sent after her. The second search party was found disemboweled on Coffin Rock, tied hand to foot. Uh, That very night, most of these things, most of the crazy stuff seems to happen at night, which makes sense. Yeah. Night one, Josh will say he heard a cackling. (laughs) which we feel goes a little far. (laughs) I think it goes a little too far and is a little too on the nose about witch stuff.
1: Because I I don't think we mentioned in this episode yet, it's largely improvised. They they basically have a framework of how the plot is supposed to go, but to keep it really natural, the actors just sort of said whatever. Yep. And um, yeah, because it's obviously about a witch, uh, we feel that a cackle was a little bit too far. However, I thought about
0: it even since we talked about that on the commentary track. uh Uh-huh. A, a bit of lore that we're going to learn is about this guy, Rustin Parr. He was an old hermit in the 1940s. He abducted, big cackler? Big, <laughs> I love to cackle <laughs> this guy. Great sense of humor on him. Yeah, it seems like a real hoot. So he lived four hours walking into the woods away from Burkittsville. And he says that he heard the voice of an old woman telling him to abduct and kill children. He'll eventually turn himself in, walking into town saying, I'm finally finished. Yeah. Now they're going to uncover it's his house at the end Mm -hmm. he made one of the kids stand facing the corner that's why mike is facing the corner at the end it seems if you tie together some of these pieces josh saying he heard a cackling all of a sudden i started thinking and this might be me just like doing too much analysis we can't know one way or the other Mm -hmm. was he hearing the voice of an old woman was he starting to get enthralled (gasps) Similar to the way Rustin Parr uh-huh. would end up under the thrall of the Blair Witch, Oh, I so like to speak. that. Right?
1: Even so, calling it a cackle. A it, cackle.
0: I totally yeah, agree. Yeah, yeah. It
1: still doesn't undo that. However, I really like that idea.
0: Absolutely. So yeah. I just, the first time I ever thought about that, but I thought about that. Oh, I like that. Day two, they're already lost. They stumble across seven piles of rocks
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, in Blair Witch lore referred to as cairns. Yes. Well, they're Bundles, called that in real life. They are, but yeah. you never hear somebody use the word cairn. Unless you're talking about the Blair Witch, <laughs> I feel. <laughs> maybe that's true. I do
1: think of them as Cairns, but maybe it's just because I'm a Blair
0: Witch You're under you're the, the BW lawyer. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Rustin Parr had seven victims, seven piles of rocks. Right. We'll learn from the comic where those improvised headstones. Mm-hmm. Night two, they hear scary sounds of twigs snapping and, and stuff. Josh accidentally knocks over one of the, the piles of rocks. Yeah. Does that sort of make him targeted? Day three, they're yelling about the map basically all day. They're supposed to be home by this point, but they're still trapped in the woods, so desperation is at an all-time high. That night, more scary sounds. They start to be worried that somebody's stalking them. Are they being targeted? Mm -hmm. They wake up on day four to find three new piles of rocks outside their tent. Three brand new piles. A headstone for each of them.
1: That is so scary. Oh, it's
0: so simple and so scary. I know. I would die. Um, in the commentary track, the official commentary track, Eduardo <laughs> Sanchez, Dan Myrick, Greg Hale, they they talk about how that night they had to bring the rocks out and they the the <laughs> everybody in the tent definitely knew that they were doing something,
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs> clanging around out yeah, there.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's on day four that we learn Mike kicked the map into the creek. It's also where they stumble across the iconic stick men. Yes. Uh, which is when they start just being like, I. Mike just starts screaming.
1: Yeah, he intentionally uh, kicked the map into the creek, by
0: the way. Yes, he did. And then starts,
1: like, cracking up. So it's, he's starting to lose his mind.
0: So technically, nothing distinctly paranormal has happened yet. Right. Right? Somebody could be stalking them and be putting piles of rocks. For what insane internal logic? I don't know. Yeah, but it's, like, it's feasible. We'll explain this one. Night four, <laughs> they start recording because of a sound they hear. The sound of children laughing just outside the tent. Yeah, Rustin Parr's victims. It's on the. It's on the recording. Yeah, there are other voices out there. Yeah, like you. You hear it as a viewer, and there is no, no, no visual <laughs> yeah, contact made. No, nothing. Right, just children in the woods laughing. Mm-hmm. Day five, they wake up, and maybe because Josh kicked over the cairns, That's just a theory. Some of their stuff has been thrown all around, particularly yeah. Josh's, which is also covered in, quote, blue jelly shit. Yeah. <laughs> Some sort of an ectoplasm. Um, Josh, from this point on, now that his stuff has been targeted seemingly and covered in this goo, mm-hmm. it almost feels like he's becoming increasingly hostile. Yeah. Is it desperation? Is it a rest par madness?
1: I like this theory. Is it touching the goo? Yeah.
0: I also like the idea of it
1: being from touching the go.
0: I know. I've always enjoyed that. This is when he starts targeting Heather, who keeps Mm -hmm. filming. And her character is of a pretentious... Film yeah. student.
1: She's intentionally irritated. It is like that's outs- what her character is. An outstanding yeah. performance. It is. It it's too outstanding because then people thought that that was her in real life and mm-hmm. that she was really this like kind of obnoxious person and were really shitty to her in real yes. life.
0: Yes, and uh, uh, she now goes by the name Ray Hance yep. on her Instagram and she has talked about how like she w- remembers when she had to like you know, file lawsuits because she found out that her name, mm-hmm. Heather Donahue, was considered the um the the property of Lionsgate mm. or something because yeah. they use their real names. Right. But like they improvised all of this. They they had guidance from the from Hackson, from the filmmaking team. They mm-hmm. did have a framework. Yeah. Um, but by and large, they're filming, they're improvising the lines and they are incredible yes night five josh apologizes for his behavior when they wake up the next morning he's missing that night they can hear him screaming it's the next morning when heather finds the bundle the bundle the girl dinner of girl dinner of josh's teeth (laughs) and and goo his body goo (laughs) his blood she doesn't tell mike night seven heather apologizes which i thought was interesting a lot of Mm. apologies before the disappearances yep uh, and then they hear Josh screaming, Follow my voice, which leads them to what appears to be Rustin Parr's house. Mm-hmm. Mike is standing in the corner like a victim of Rustin Parr as Heather's camera falls. Yeah. The end. And you might not have anything more to go on. Right. If you only watched the movie. But we didn't only watch the movie. No. Now, the last thing I want to say about the movie, unless you have anything else, I know you want no, to. No, go on. ahead. But um, uh, I like that listening to the commentary track, I really appreciated it. That uh, they continually praise the performers mm-hmm. and talk about how they really did film this movie in the woods over the course of eight days. Yeah. And you they're like, you can really see them getting increasingly fatigued through the course of the movie, mm-hmm. which is why we filmed it this way. Because it feels so authentic that these people really are exhausted sleeping in the woods and... There's a lot about like right. Eduardo Sanchez and Dan Myrick and Greg Hale limiting how much food they gave <laughs> yeah, him. To yeah, be, which like, all crazy. whittling it down. If you want to get really nuts about the, the how Blair Witch was done, mm-hmm. um, I would like to point you in the direction of... Come on, let's get nuts. ...an unofficial making of book. The unauthorized story, Eight Days in the Woods, written by Matt Blasey, which is outstanding and quite comprehensive. Yeah. Interviews with just about everybody involved. Um, But the reception of the movie was very positive. Yeah. Um, Roger Ebert gave it four stars, which was the top for him. Four was the the pinnacle.
1: Yes. And he was traditionally very critical of horror.
0: Yes. And uh, I copied this verbatim because I liked it. (laughs) Um, The 20th Golden Raspberry Awards gave Heather Donahue its worst actress award which couldn't be more wrong. No. And nominated producers Robin Cowie and Greg Hale for the Worst Picture Award. At the Stinkers Bad Movie (laughs) Awards, which we've actually, believe it or not, talked about before on the show, (laughs) the film won the Biggest Disappointment category and received three nominations, Worst Picture... Worst actress again for Heather specifically, of course, and worst screen debut for Heather, Michael, Josh, the Stick People, and the World's Longest Running Batteries. So dumb. Lol. Did anybody have an original joke to make about this <laughs> it's so movie? So stupid. <laughs> so that's that's the the film. Yeah, but the film is only the tip of the iceberg. I know very much so. So where would you like to go? Website dossier or comic? Oh boy, love so much. Um, website. Website. Yeah. All right, the website from 1999 has periodically been restored and then pulled again and restored and then pulled again. Mm -hmm. So I took matters into my own hands. Yes. And I backed up the website meticulously for my own files. Every single piece of media that was up there. And I was very impressed with how much audio and video was Mm -hmm. embedded in a 1999 website page by page. I have it all. For all time's sake, (laughs) it's available as a PowerPoint. Yeah. To me. Right. Not to you. (laughs) We'll get to the contents of the website in just a second.
1: That's right. Because first, we have to talk to you about patreon.com slash gttupod, where, as we said, our commentary for the Blair Witch Project now lives. It's at the ghost tier and up, so that's our tier for $4 a month. Um, we also have a whole second podcast called the netherworld dispatch that comes out every single monday and our demon tier has access to that but so go check out the patreon we have a number of different tiers you can see which one works for you and um it's really awesome and we really really appreciate it and we hope that everybody who's on it is enjoying
0: it the most recent episode of the netherworld dispatch is episode 121 whoa yeah Saw X and Scream 7, it's called. (laughs) It's just reacting to the latest news of those two franchises. This, the new Scream Saw X trailer, and the news that Scream 7 has a new director, yes, Christopher Landon, who directed Happy Death Day. Mm -hmm. Uh, great conversation, so much fun, uh, so in the weeds. Go check that episode out right now. Um, obviously, our Blair Witch commentary available right the second, as you said dive right in have mm-hmm. a ball um and i want to i want to say two other things in this little uh segment sure. one i referenced that um uh i worked on the the blair witch game uh with lionsgate and hunter killer yeah uh i uh started going through uh digging into so much blair witch made me um almost like rediscover how many references and how much inspiration I took from it for my show Blackwood. Mm -hmm. Literally, like, names reappeared that I hadn't thought of in a long time. A lot of, like, connective tissue. Blackwood is an audio drama uh, that I wrote uh, way back in 2018. Uh, There is one season. It's out there now. And I have reason to believe it may not be online forever. Mm -hmm. The other reason why I bring it up. If you've enjoyed my work, if you've never heard it before, go to the Blackwood feed, give it a listen, download it onto your hard drive so it's there forever. I just talked about backing up the Blair Witch website. Yeah, yeah. Do not take for granted that things that are online now always will be. I will not get into it. I'm not. I have no control over the hosting for my shows. Yeah. So Blackwood, Earthbreak, The Long Hallway, specifically, go download those things.
1: Yeah, for sure, and definitely listen to
0: Blackwood. I love blackwood if you like uh the blair witch yeah blackwood my show was originally called the blackwood podcast deliberately evoking blair witch there were there was no hiding i yeah. was it was not a thing i was trying to get away with right it was a love letter mm-hmm. to stuff like the blair witch so go check out blackwood i hope you enjoy it um and uh yeah back that stuff up
1: yeah do it
0: last thing i've got for you here is uh we've been reading reviews So I've got a new one for you. Perfect. Uh, That came to us from Alexis Honor LS. That's the name. Spoiler. It's labeled. Okay. She's an old lady. Nice. My favorite podcast. I've been listening religiously on Spotify and gotten through every episode three times. Huge fan of the Ghost Adventures Adventures episode on your Patreon show. (laughs) To the point of now saying... These are our ghost adventures. Adventures, yes, is how we start that show. (laughs) I also regularly make the she's an old woman spoiler jerk with my uh, spoiler joke with my fiance. (laughs) Super thankful for you guys getting me through work and multiple cross country rides. Oh,
1: I'm so glad that's so nice. I love hearing about people. I mean, it's obviously what you do, but just hearing that. You know, you listen during everyday stuff and it makes it maybe a little bit more pleasant. So that's awesome. Thank you for taking the time to leave that review. Thank
0: you so, so much. We'd appreciate any other reviews. If you're enjoying the show, consider sharing it. Post, tweet, hit us up. Please do. Please do. And she is an old woman. Let's talk about the Blair Witch website. She's an old woman. Which gets into some backstory. Yeah. In the movie, The Blair Witch Project, you're not going to hear the name Ellie Kedward, mm-hmm. unless I'm very much mistaken. I don't think so. Ellie Kedward is central to the Blair Witch lore.
1: Yeah, if, if you dig into this stuff, it's almost like crazy that Ellie
0: Kedward is never actually mentioned. She is said to be the Blair Witch. Right. On the website, there are four tabs. Uh, the first one is mythology, and it literally lays out a timeline of events. The earliest of which is that before the town of Burkittsville, Maryland was called Burkittsville, it was called Blair, and one of the residents was a woman named Ellie Kedward. Mm-hmm. Ellie Kedward was accused of drawing blood from local youths. She was tried for witchery, yeah, and found guilty. And uh, depending on the source you read, and we've already got two here in nineteen ninety nine. She was abandoned in the woods in a particularly harsh winter. Mm -hmm. Uh, The following year, every one of her accusers would disappear. Half the town's children would die and the residents of Blair fled until eventually it was refounded as Burkittsville. Um, Mm -hmm. Most of what we've got here in 1999 is about Ellie Kedward. And then about, uh, what, about 70 years-ish later, a young girl named Eileen Treacle is uh, walking around in the Tappy East Creek. (laughs) No, the names are so good. Great names. Uh, Like, the the lore work is outstanding. And my understanding is that that's not just Eduardo Sanchez and Dan Myrick, but also Ben Rock, who was a production Mm -hmm. designer and was all over the lore. That's awesome. He's the one that put the runes in Rustin Parr's house. Yeah. There are runes all over the door, James. I still don't know what they mean. Yeah. Um, But so uh, Eileen Treacle, people say, They saw a pale white hand reach out of the creek, which, mind you, is like three inches deep tops. Yeah. A pale white hand reaches out, grabs Eileen Treacle, and pulls her under the water. Mm -hmm. She's never seen again. She didn't die on the spot. It's like she was warped into another reality. Yeah, she's like in another dimension. After that, the water from the Tap East Creek is oily, and there are bundles of twigs that clog up the creek for 13 days. Right. True, like, witchy stuff. Oh, yeah. At the end of the 1800s is the Robin Weaver event that I uh, told you about before. Mm-hmm. She will claim that she uh, heard the voice of the, the Blair Witch urging her to come into the woods. That's why she disappeared in the first place. Yep. Then we leap forward to the 1940s with Rustin Parr. And then, again, are Heather, Mike, and Josh just the latest? Yeah. The The only crazy thing about them is that they f- were able to film it. Because right. their encounter in the woods happened in the 90s. Yeah, na- it was documented. 1994. Yep. I know. So that's all on the mythology tab. There is a filmmakers tab, Mm -hmm. which has way too much detail. (laughs) Yeah, it's like their bios and a lot. Literally childhood pictures. Yeah, photos. Like pictures of Heather, Mike, and Josh as toddlers. Yeah, we
1: don't need those to identify them as missing people.
0: No, Um, but you know what it is. Yeah. It's about the veracity... Yes, it's the realism. ...of the long con. Yeah. If these people had gone missing... What we do when we talk about people who have who have disappeared is we often show mm-hmm. uh, pictures of them to, to humanize them. Yeah. In, like in Silence of the Lambs, I think, like
1: yes. where, where yeah.
0: the senators keeps talking about her daughter who Buffalo Bill took and keeps using her name to humanize her yep. so that he can't depersonalize her and kill her.
1: Yeah. So if you have like a little girl and you see pictures of Heather as a little girl. It makes you care about her more because you can imagine your daughter in this position and hopefully you're more on
0: the lookout. Totally. But also, yeah. hey, performers, can you send us childhood pictures on our I website? Know. Isn't that crazy? Yes, it is. Um, there is a tab called The Aftermath, which is where it really gets good. This yeah. is what I love. There's an anthropologist named, uh, among many things, among many, many, many tabs, mm-hmm. uh, anthropologist David Mercer, Describes how there is no scientific explanation for how the backpack was buried. Did yeah. you get to yes. this? Yes, yeah, I did. I, this, this, it's awesome. This I love. Because it's not part of the movie. Right. The movie is just the footage that came from Heather, Mike, and Josh's cameras. Mm-hmm. So you don't get to understand. They say in that t- title title card, a year later, their footage was found. Yeah. Well, let's drill into that. How? By exactly. who? Exactly. F-
1: that's not in the movie. It's not. Yeah. It's in... The other material. Yes, that was available before the movie. So you could go into it with this context. You could. If you felt, I guess I did.
0: Most people, I think, probably did it the order we did it, like saw the movie and now look at this stuff. Yeah. But you're right. You could have gotten this stuff ahead of time, I guess.
1: No, I definitely did. I, I was obsessed with the website before I saw the movie.
0: Oh, okay. So I don't so, remember, but. So he says... Even a forensic expert could not have put that thing, the backpack full of tapes, mm-hmm. at the site without disturbing the charcoal, the wall, or the soil. It's found in the foundation of yeah. Rustin Parra's house. Um, it, it was as if it had materialized. And of course, that's not the language of science, so I can't, I just don't know what to say about that. Yeah. Really. These are all actors playing these characters, right. but he's playing an anthropologist who has to somehow justify This bag was literally in the wall of a hundred year old house. Yeah. As if it had always been there. Right. As if it was built into it. As if it had been there for decades. Mm -hmm. But that's not possible. They only went missing a few years ago. Yeah. Um, Yet, as a counterpoint, the uh, sheriff, Ron Cravens, Uh believes that it's all a hoax. Uh, on the legacy tab, there's even more media, including seemingly all of Heather's diary. Yeah. Her journal that she took with her and was filling in during the events of the movie. Right. So we can hear her reflect on events and get to know that Heather herself was a little witchy. Yes. Prior to going out there, she was into you know astrology mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which is a fun dynamic that Or a a level of Heather Donahue that you don't get from the movie itself necessarily.
1: No, I think she's trying to have that sort of like detached academic view of everything that's happening that you and I have talked about with Bigfoot enthusiasts and UFO enthusiasts a lot who don't want to seem like crackpots. So they sort of lean on the fact or if not factual, the scientific sort of stuff that can make it seem like. Their belief is more valid because this and this points to it. Exactly. I yeah. feel like she's doing that sort of thing where she doesn't want to seem like a silly girl who's like into witchcraft, and so she's following this whole thing. No, she's just uh, investigating a local legend. Yes. And keeping it all on that.
0: Yes. It it, it all works. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else about the website specifically?
1: I don't think so. Just that it's awesome.
0: Because I found something that I want to tell you about.
1: Yeah, please.
0: So in in researching and poking around about the marketing, I found out about a show from the 90s called Split Screen. Mm-hmm. It was literally a show on the Independent Film Channel. Okay. It was hosted by John Pearson, and it was where Blair Witch was almost like originally displayed to the public Hmm. way back in 1997. Oh, wow. So in season two, episode five of split screen, an early trailer for the Blair Witch Project is shown. It is so early that Heather, Mike, and Josh are not part of the story. Essentially, Haxon, the filmmakers, uh, Eduardo Sanchez, Dan Myrick, Greg Hale, they put together this trailer of what they wanted to make. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, uh, it was about the footage of missing film students, Jane Steiner, oh. John Miller, and Billy Madison. Oh. Which sounds a lot like Billy Madison. Sure does. So good thing that that became, I guess, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know, Mike. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure. Uh, so huh. it's so early, it's not canon. But it has that fake documentary feel already. Yeah. I'll, I'll show it to you. It's great. Oh. So, um, <clears throat> at the end of that episode... Uh, uh, John Pearson will say like, we're going to open our next season with more. Yeah. When they do that, it's in season three, episode one, according to uh, modern looking at the show. It seems like the Mm -hmm. show aired in a weird order back then or whatever. They basically replayed the trailer. Yeah. But now it's up to canon. Heather, Mike and Josh are there. Uh huh. So this show split screen had pre-canon early idea of Blair witch stuff where all the lore was in place.
1: Yeah. Right. Just
0: none of the actors were there
1: interesting and
0: they must have at some point decided heather donahue you're not gonna play the character of jane steiner yeah you're gonna play heather donahue to make it more authentic right and so the the next trailer they showed holds to that the names yeah but at the end of that episode of split screen john pearson actually asks the audience for their opinion on the veracity of the story Uh uh-huh and supplies uh a, a place where you can send your feelings about the Blair Witch. Oh this would have been like 98. Yeah. Still very, very early. Definitely. And I think very few have seen that. It's really a curiosity.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't I didn't see that. Yeah. Nuts.
0: All right, book or comic? Uh book. Book. Yeah. The Blair Witch Project A dossier book. Comes out in September 1999, so I guess a couple months later. Written by D. A. Stern. Mm -hmm. Your thoughts? It's kick-ass. I love it. It's basically a found footage book. Yeah, it's
1: so awesome. So there's, it's like multimedia. A lot of it is, um, like, just letters back and forth um, between all sorts of people, between people who are investigating it from like either a private detective or a law enforcement standpoint. Letters to or a, to and from um heather's mom um and so this sort of like un th- there's like there is something of a plot that unravels through surprisingly
0: there really is yeah yeah
1: through these correspondences um it's so neat there's a name for this epistolary um an epistolary novel is something that's written in letters oh, or okay. emails or whatever so it's not entirely an epistolary novel because sometimes there will be um yeah, like uh newspaper clippings and things like that, but it's darned
0: close. I I absolutely love this because it does mimic what the found footage movie is. Yeah. Like the framing device here is similar to the movie. Like Haxon mm-hmm. Eduardo Sanchez, they're part of the story. Right. It's said that they were con uh contracted to edit Heather Mike and Josh's footage into something. Yeah. Which became the movie, The Blair Witch Project. Mm-hmm. Well, here this guy, D.A. Stern, was contracted to take all of this th- this documentation on top of the footage yeah. and try to piece together what was going on. Yeah. And so we learned that Heather Donahue's mom, Angie had hired a private investigator, Buck Buchanan, mm-hmm. who had done his own boots on the ground research, had the soil tested and stuff. Yeah. And now D.A. Stern is just assembling all of that into a book. Right. But so it does read like, you're literally reading at times transcripts. Yes. Um, and then I really just picked for this section, like some standout stuff that I think is just the best. Yeah. I actually, I was going to ask you, like what your favorite part of it is. My favorite part is page 25 that I'm on right now. The soil... Analysis.
1: It's so awesome.
0: So, <clears throat> Checkmark Laboratories access information. It was code F seven hundred two five eight three. Just like you know what I mean. Yeah. All the ephemera of this being an, ofic- uh, an official document, right? So they have a summary of the soil sample. Um, <clears throat> it's high in uh, so uh, in in poppy opium. Yeah, opium poppy. And so in Paleolithic and Neolithic times, opium was extensively used by those engaged in the practice of witchcraft, both for its psychotropic and narcotic effects. This is almost giving you the exact kind of evidence the Blair Witch requires. Right. Because you could either say, oh, they were engaged in drug use and they went nuts out there. Right. Or you can say uh, the, the Blair Witch or whoever mm. out there was uh, engaged in witchcraft yes, uh, victimized them.
1: Like dosed them. Dosed them. Like uh, Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. Like she runs into that poppy field. Absolutely. So it's them kind of inadvertently being involved in drug use. And also it kind of harkens back to the theory that ergot poisoning was a big part of the real life Salem witch trials. Oh, So do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes. So like the ergot is some sort of like fungus or something that can grow on wheat. And apparently they found that in Salem, this was like a big issue, but people were still like making bread and whatever from it. So they were consuming it and that it could have effects on your mind and cause hallucinations and stuff like that. And so that that is at least part of the explanation for the Salem Witch Trials. Uh,
0: it's, it's perfect. In evoking yeah. that, mm-hmm. it couldn't be more perfect. I know. They were obviously inspired by the Salem Witch Trials in part. For some of this story and lore. Yeah. But I just I just love that this rides that line. I know. Depending on how you want to read that the soil uh, was positive for opium. Mm-hmm. It either supports your supernatural theory or your, you know, they, they were on a bad trip and they ended up dead theory. Yeah. You know? Or there
1: is a witch out there and she was out there doing witchy stuff. Doing witchy and stuff. And it like poisoned the land.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, another standout that I really like. Uh, somebody in the book talks about how watching the footage literally the Blair Witch found footage yeah it doesn't line up with maps of the Black Hills Forest right so where were they
1: what does this mean
0: like the hill the house yep it doesn't make sense I love that Uh, they even will go on to say that uh, quote the last scene in the kids footage is in Rustin Parr's house which is impossible because that house burned down In nineteen forty one. Yeah. So if you read the book
1: Is that something that's in the movie?
0: No. I didn't think so. No. Yeah. So that's (laughs) That's pretty
1: cut and dry. If that's a ghost. Pretty huge, like the stuff that's in this book for what happens in the movie. There's just context that like really blows things up. And so
0: you but the fun thing too being you can't deny your eyes either. You saw the phone footage, they were in that house. Yes. But that house hasn't been there. For 50 years. Right. What does it mean? Yeah. Were they back in 1941 shooting that? Or did that house somehow get disconnected from time and space and can show up? Yeah, What do you make of it? Well, we have more Rustin Parr theories in our commentary track. I'll tell you that. Yes. Um, Mary Brown appears in this book, which... Mary, more Mary Brown everywhere, please.
1: Absolutely. But I, I wish that there was, I wish she was more fleshed out in the book. It's it's very brief. It makes, it absolutely makes sense. Yes. Um, but she's so fun that I wish that that fun kind of came through more in her interview.
0: Mary Brown is one of the stars oh, yeah. of the Blair Witch Project. She's one of the people they interview. But she is such an eccentric person, clutching a Bible, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of confidently walking toward them in a way that makes it feel like she's entering your space.
1: Yeah. And her- she's kind of like dress slash styled, like she's part of the Church of Latter-day Saints. Yeah. So she's got like a big poofy French braid and like a really like very covered up dress, like
0: up to her neck, down to her wrists, down to her ankles. She'll say in the movie that she saw the Blair Witch once. Uh, she was wearing a, a cloak. And you could see she was a woman. Mm-hmm. And she was covered in fine hair, like a horse's hair. So weird. And it's just so strange feeling <laughs> yeah. where you just want to be like, she's crazy. Right. But also the fence around her trailer is twigs and twine, just like the stickmen. I love it. So you I could also say, is it her? Delish. I know. Uh now in the book, she will give another tidbit post uh Heather, Mike, and Josh getting lost, mm-hmm. which is that she saw Josh. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, he yeah. He appeared
0: outside her trailer screaming.
1: Yeah, in uh, like a vision.
0: She says, He was right where you are, and he was screaming something awful. He was in terrible pain. He was missing some teeth and holding onto his side, and his hands were all wet, and oh, it was horrible. That's right. Ooh. I know.
1: And she, she says that he was like an apparition or something, though, right? like she d- Yes, she, she, she yeah. describes
0: him distinctly as an apparition. Mm-hmm. You're totally right. Now there is... But on still, the
1: w- what does that mean? And uh, is she even telling the truth?
0: Yeah, who's to say? I can also cross-reference from the website. yeah There is a passage where they talk about a book written in the early 1800s, mm-hmm. an old book that doesn't really exist, called The Blair Witch Cult. It was seemingly the first book ever written about the Blair Witch, yeah and in it, they describe an entity uh, that had uh, the body of a pig, the hooves of a horse, and in its absence, the hair of a horse was found, mm-hmm. which definitely supports Mary Brown saying "Yeah, she was covered in fine hair like a horse. It also sounds it's not like that pig nowhere. from Saw. It does sound like the pig from <laughs> Saw. You're absolutely right. That hairy pig. Yeah. <laughs> that hairy old pig. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. You said that the book has a plot and it does. Uh Weirdly, it culminates with Buck Buchanan, the the private detective, going into the woods with a psychic who is hired in a desperate bid by Heather's mother after years of, you know, the case being closed and no answers. Yeah. They go into the woods where the psychic claims that she is feeling what Heather felt and doing what Heather did and stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, she goes into like a trance. She goes into a trance. And just sort of like closes her eyes or at least is super out of it for a lot of the time. Yes. And then kind of comes out of it and says that she sensed horrible things or something.
0: And it will culminate with a transcript of a 911 call where Buck Buchanan says, we have two injuries. A male age 27 with a broken arm. A female, same approximate age, in some sort of trance. I can't snap her out of it. Mm -hmm. Just like they had their own witchy event, but of course they Got away. They
1: are able to get out so of it. So what do you make of it? I don't know. I think maybe they didn't go super far in or I guess, something. That's yeah. that's kind of what I make of it.
0: There's no evidence to support that, but Typically I would be critical of nebulous rules. Yeah. But in the Blair Witch, well, I the, feel like there's nothing more important mm-hmm. than the rules sometimes contradicting themselves.
1: Exactly. The 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 rules, if you can even call them that, are nebulous by nature. Yes. Which is a great title for something nebulous by nature yeah um so yeah i i also don't feel a thing like well that doesn't make sense why are they okay and the other ones weren't why is Rustin Parr's house there when it burned down a hundred years ago we don't know why we'll were they walking know. in a straight line but they actually end up in a circle there there's something going on in the woods that defies physics um it, there's not a clear pattern you can't so understand it there's there aren't rules really which
0: is what makes it so tricky to continue this as a franchise mm-hmm. because how many times can you keep saying we don't know what's going on before yeah. you people need rules I, I i believe that horror thrives on rules it definitely does but 1999 i do Blair love a Rich, rule i would say this is an exception for me where I'm this like, is a major exception oh it's all will wishy-washy and i don't care and it's i like, like it. it it's the exception that proves the rule True. this is the one pass on the rules not not being required, I'm sure that's true for me it too. It thrives for its contradictory nature. Mm-hmm. 1991, yeah, it just 19... creates more
1: mystery and not yeah. in an irritating
0: way. It makes me lean in and wonder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 1999 Blair Witch, everything released in 1999, at least yes. that's what we're covering. Yeah, is like perfect.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. It's also just visually very cool. So, like we said, it's you know, it's a bunch of um, different letters and things like that so they're on letterhead and people have their own stationery and it's um like heather's journal is is looks like it's scanned into the books you're seeing her handwriting you're seeing it get like increasingly frantic and erratic and you also see the psychic who is reading it to kind of get an insight to heather her like sticky notes on top of it yeah with her own thoughts about it now luckily they also print what's on the journal. So of it's course. not like, Oh, I can't read this or whatever, but it's just, it's so detailed and so cool. And I would say that's my favorite part. Like when the psychic comes in to the end, I think all of that is just like bang a
0: Yeah. It's very, very fun. Yeah. And, and I want her stationary. I love the psychic <laughs> stationary. <laughs> yeah. There's like moons and stars. Yeah. All it's like very
1: celestial all around the border and very nineties.
0: And I love it. Ironically, all the like extensive document design is very hunter killer, yeah, uh, which totally. is like very much about tactile documents mm-hmm. and, and really needing to to pour over each each clue in the box, yeah. So like it really was like it was a great medium to tell a Blair Witch story. It,
1: ma- it makes complete sense. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Honestly, the, all the creative people at Hunt a Killer are amazing Couldn't and made like more. the coolest things absolutely honcho's not so much but the
0: creative people amazing so let's talk about the last thing in our episode today mm-hmm. uh probably the least known of any of the things uh so far on the table I-, I definitely didn't know this was a thing until you told me i don't know when the blair witch project comic book yeah it's th- it doesn't have a title no it's just called the blair witch project oh wait no isn't
1: it called like the blair witch chronicles or something is it
0: No, that's a separate series that we get into in the year 2000, which the year 2000 explodes with all the Blair Witch stuff. Mm -hmm. If you think this is a lot, the year 2000 goes insane. So the Blair Witch comic book tells three stories. Mm -hmm. And there's, again, a framing device for them. It said that in the 80s, somebody named C.C. Malvey wrote a book called Wood Witch Said. Basically, they were in the woods, had some sort of a a vision or an event That happened to them and they felt compelled Mm -hmm. to write this scary little book of these stories. Almost like Rustin Parr being told to kill kids. Yeah. It's like the witch told C.C. Malvey, write this down in a book. Yep. Now, strangely, that book, Wood Witch Said, that I think, no, even people who know about the comic might not know about that. Yeah. I own it. Oh, you do? It's somewhere in this house. I tried to find it.
1: Because I was thinking that that just didn't exist. That it was just a device for this.
0: Like the Blair Witch cult book. It doesn't right. exist. No, it exists. Oh. I'm not sure if it's official or not because again, I bought it and lost it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's somewhere in this house. Mm. I will try again to find it.
1: That's like a game.
0: I can't believe it's in here. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I'm not sure about its canon nature. Right. But so this comic book is essentially, like they go ahead and they're like, we're comic book uh, illustrators and writers. We've been tasked with yeah, adapting and cleaning up the crazy writing in that C.C. Malvi book, Wood Witch Said. Yeah, so it's, so it's a
1: similar premise to the dossier.
0: We end up with three stories, the first of which is an Ellie Kedward story from her own point of view.
1: Mm-hmm. How do you feel about this comic? I thought it was cool. I have to say, I didn't, like, love it. No. Um, it's neat, though. I I think it's kind of like a a neat curiosity sort of thing. And it's cool looking. I found it hard to read sometimes, like literally, it's a little bit mushy.
0: It plays like a messy, you know, indie comic, like sometimes the the lettering is is very jammed and crammed. And especially Mm -hmm. you're not a comic reader. Not no. Like I, I've certainly read more comics than you. I'm yeah. not I'm not. I I've read some, but not. I mean, not a lot. I wouldn't call myself a comic reader. It's almost like when people complain about the Blair Witch Project being too wobbly.
1: Yeah, this is yeah. the
0: comic book equivalent.
1: Yes, it is. Yeah, just like I, how
0: the Blair Witch dossier is a found footage book. Yeah, this is a a, a shaky yeah, it's comic.
1: In, <laughs> they're they're interpreting all parts of the movie and expanding on them through these mediums, and this one shows the shaky cam. And and you
0: can poke fun at it for that, but I also. Genuinely, kind of no, like that. It's everything, very cool. everything. Nineteen ninety nine is also rough around the edges. Yeah, yeah, which I appreciate. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I don't find the dossier
0: very rough around the edges. No, it's very. It's it's polished, but it's most people don't read a book that's a person compiling documents from a, of a fictional person's investigation. That is certainly true. It's an unusual premise. Off kilter.
1: Yeah, How's yeah. That? I want to mention if anybody's into that sort of thing, it's not really an endorsement because I actually, unfortunately, I don't love these these books um, but it's a similar format there's a book called um, chasing the boogeyman from I think 2019 by Richard Chismar that is somewhat similar um, at in the in the way of like it being a, a fictional thing. It's like almost like a found footage book a little bit. And then there's a sequel that just came out or it's actually, it's not out yet called becoming the boogeyman um, where it's the same sort of deal. They're like pictures in it where it'll be like a fictional killer or whatever, but it's like a picture of a dude who must exist in real right. life. And they're like, this is this dude at the penitentiary. And um, I think it's really neat in theory. Yeah. So anyway, I just want to mention
0: threw some shade on Chismar there.
1: I don't, I don't know. It's not really, it doesn't really do it for me. All those
0: chiz heads out there are going to be coming for you.
1: People love it. I am, it might be the only person who is not really into it. Like all the reviews for it are like incredibly glowing um, on Goodreads and like everywhere else. Uh, but you know what? I was curious about what happens enough that like I kept reading the first one Yeah, and I am I got an advanced copy of the second one. So I'm kind of reading it now and I've toyed with stopping, but I also want to know enough. Yeah, um, So I don't know. It's just a personal preference thing. But if you enjoy that format, you might be like everybody else and
0: absolutely love those books. So yeah. go check them out. Right on. Mm-hmm. Um, so this first story, the Ellie Kedward story, I thought it was interesting that it was written from her perspective. Yeah, it is neat. She talks about how she was said to have been cursed from a young age yeah but there's a whole because this is all supposedly based on other documents other places mm-hmm. there's a whole page of footnotes so from the footnotes they explain Oh, you know i actually didn't read that from the footnotes they explain what she means by curse oh no weird yeah and it's not what you expect <laughs> quote curse is a metaphor for the bigotry and grievous misfortune to which the Irish have historically been subjected. Okay, that
1: is not what I was expecting at all.
0: It's because she was Irish. Yeah, she yeah. was cursed. The okay. Irish curse. Yeah. All right. Uh, which is interesting. But yeah. so a curse was associated with her one way or another. Right. Right. Uh, she eventually lands in the town of Blair, where she lives peacefully for a time until the local kids for a time start making fun of her and taunting her and calling her an old spinster and stuff. Shits. And it's in this book we hear from her perspective. They accused her of drawing their blood, but she didn't do it. Right. They say maybe these kids were just trying to find some excuse for why they hadn't come home until too late. So they found somebody to point to. Escape. To blame. Mm -hmm. And she was tried for witchery. Yeah. And put to death. Yes. So did she draw blood? Now, I have a, a long standing theory. You can even go find my writing on themythtraveler.com. Yep. Uh, I've got a long standing theory that Elliot Kedward is not the Blair Witch. Right. She's the Rustin Parr of mm-hmm, her. Age. Of that time. Uh, that whatever is in the woods is, is its own power. Yeah. And, Ellie Kedward, and could that
1: power have even affected the kids sure. who accuse her?
0: Absolutely. Who's to say? Yeah. Me. Right. Uh, but this story certainly makes the case that Elliot Kedward could have been in- innocent, though something else will happen.
1: Yeah, it doesn't i don't
0: know they also ambiguously suggest that she was almost stretched on a rack yes which i only think about as coming back in the 2016 movie yeah definitely which again fingers crossed we'll get there someday but it may have roots in this 1999 comic yeah where ellie kedward says uh do they
1: not talk about that anywhere else
0: i don't think so i've always heard she was uh abandoned in the woods or hung or something but listen to the phrasing here maybe they talk
1: about it in Maybe they talk about her story in twenty this twenty sixteen movie. They do. Is that okay? Yes. So I thought you were referring to a visual thing. No, I no. gotcha.
0: They came upon me with all manner of abuses until my head and belly felt ready to split. I saw a bone from my ribs come out through my dress; another from my arm. It evokes stretching. Yeah, and sort of the 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 the, the page. image, like yeah. it looks like people tugging on ropes. Yeah, it definitely does. So. I think of that as a 2016 invention, but it seems like it might've been here. Hmm. Anyway, she dies. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, she says, now that I welcomed it, the curse lifts me away from the suffering of my flesh and teaches new ways and patience. This almost shows the becoming.
1: It definitely does. And I feel like that is a thing that's happened a couple of times. Or it, I think I think in this, like where the curse is not really a curse to the yeah. people. It shows them like peace yes. and whatever. So it's I, she I, does feel like, speak I feel of it's f- a trick. Being of the
0: patient witch. and waiting for another time to strike. Yeah. And certainly the the residents of Blair would flee mm-hmm. when nine children turn up disappeared. Yeah. Also, the stickmen seemingly seemingly are tied to Ellie Kedward. She's yeah. shown uh, uh, making the stickman and even uh, like an effigy stickman is seemingly placed at the tree where she was killed in the woods. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, but now we go to story two. That was the Ellie Kedward story essentially of her death and her eventual patience until 1886. Yeah. So which suggests that this is Ellie Kedward's doing. Right. But this is the Robin Weaver story from Robin Weaver's perspective.
1: Or was it a possession?
0: Yes. This is a weird, weird thing. Yeah. Robin Weaver's playing with a doll. She sees a vision of a woman in the tree line whose feet don't touch the ground. Yeah, I love it. And she coaxes Robin Weaver into the woods. Mm -hmm. Now all the dialogue, all of it in comic book bubble language, all of it's coming from Robin Weaver. Yeah. But sometimes the bubble is wobbly, like a possessed person's voice. Yeah. Is Ellie Kedward occupying Robin Weaver's body, talking to her, telling her how to hide from the search parties? Totally. Or is it whatever was occupying Ellie Kedward? Absolutely. Absolutely, just carrying forward. Yep. Does it pick up energy as it goes? You right. know what I mean? Like, is it like silly putty? Mm-hmm. Whatever this energy was when Ellie Kedward died, she got she got absorbed into yeah. it. Yeah. When Rustin Parr died, he got absorbed into it. That's why there's so much that evokes the feeling of Rustin Parr, right? In the Blair Witch Project, his house, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Everyone becomes part of the same thing. Mm. So fun. But so Robin Weaver was essentially told to stay hidden and told how to ritualistically murder the second search party. Yep. And this book already also in 1999 contradicts another image of how these men were disembowelled and tied mm-hmm. together. Yep. In this book they're in a big circle around a giant stick man. Yeah. Um elsewhere I think on the website there's a an triangle. illustration of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like I love that it's already contradicting itself. Yeah. Again, most things I would almost call that a weakness. Yeah. I love it here because I know. They're all true. Nobody remembers this. Right, right. You know? I know. And the third and final story here is Rustin Parr. The story of Rustin Parr, which is very like what we've been saying. Mm-hmm. The only real standouts here, I think, are, one, the, the, the illustrated depictions of him trying to ignore the voice.
1: I know. I found it sad.
0: It is sad. Yeah. Uh, they're saying, the voice says, seven for me. Seven, you see. One for you. Do as I say, says she, and I'll let you be. Seven for me. Yeah. And so he's he has no option. He's tormented, so he has to take these kids and kill them. Right. But he's the one who piles the rocks. Yeah. To form the graves. It's essentially, yes. for all intents and purposes, as of 1999, confirmed right here. Those are all Rustin Parr-isms. Yeah. But the whole story culminates with the revelation that we're learning this perspective on Rustin Parr from the one victim who got away. Yep. Kyle Brody, who would go quite mad mm-hmm. and live out the rest of his days in Pharaoh home. Yeah. Where it said that C.C. Malvey would eventually be caught trying to give Kyle Brody, quote, a nasty little booklet.
1: Presumably, mm.
0: Wood Witch Said. Yeah. On which this comic was based. It's awesome. Boom. It's super fun. Blair Witch 1999 Part 1. Woo! there in the history it books. is
1: oh man well that's great i hope you all enjoyed that i feel like this was a very good comprehensive view uh,
0: that's what i'm in the mood for with yeah. blair witch it's hard because like i even feel like there's not enough time here to really do it all you know i know even in this format honestly so i think much. there's time
1: i think it's just that we can talk about it and and go on like extrapolate things and have theories like by the we, you bear- mean me don't you no well, I, I mean you and me
0: okay
1: um But I, you know, we can, we can tell the bare bones of what happened and that's just that we like to talk about it.
0: I I just love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. So next week we're going to be back. We're going to be talking about Curse of the Blair Witch, Mm -hmm. the, uh, the, the sci-fi TV special that actually aired before the movie. Right. Uh, I think a lot of people came to it It's a crazy promotional cycle. It's, oh (laughs) my God, it really is unique. Yeah. Like love it or hate it. It's so unique. <laughs> I love it. I say crazy uh, as a compliment. This is so nuts to me. I know. So we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about another couple of bits of uh, Blair Witch lore, uh, like uh, Sticks and Stones, which was another uh, special that aired on TV, and uh, maybe even a fun uh A parody that came up with Scooby Doo. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, That's next week. We got a lot of the the like OG lore Mm -hmm. here in this episode for 300 to celebrate hitting this this prestigious number. Absolutely. Thank you all so much for being here for sticking with us. If you've been with us for a long time, yeah. Maybe this is your first episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Who's to say? Absolutely. Um, but we appreciate you.
1: We really do. Thank you so much. We hope that you're enjoying listening as much as we enjoy
0: doing this. So I'll leave you with this. In in uh, uh, two days time as of this recording. Right. I will get in my car and drive down to Burkittsville, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, my initial thought was um, uh, I'll sleep in my car.
1: Right. Wait, are you on Friday?
0: Three days. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> three days time. <laughs> Uh, and then Allie said, I'm too old to sleep in my car. Yes. So I did book a hotel. Good. But I didn't book just any hotel. I booked the motel where Heather, Mike and Josh stay William. in the Blair Witch Project. That's so fun. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. You're pinching me quite that. A bit. As I know. I get excited. As Zoe would say, stop, teacher. She, <laughs> she's been practicing. I love that. Um, um, that's so cool. I'm going to get witchy. That's
1: so fun. That's thin. what I'm here to tell
0: you. And maybe I'll come back to the table next week with some stories. If I come back at all. That's... No. That is so fun. Who's to say? <sighs> Me. Hmm. Do you want to bring any witchy stuff with you? I know. I'm definitely bringing some Guide to the Unknown stuff. I'm doing a trivia event before the movie, and yeah. I kind of feel like I need to give away something. <laughs> I don't really know oh, what. Oh, I
1: don't think that's on you. No?
0: Uh, I don't know. So, I don't uh, think so. Uh, may I put
1: some... Crystals in your pockets. Oh,
0: like that kind of witchy stuff. Yeah. Real witchy stuff. Yeah. I'm yeah. only used to Blair witchy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. If you need me to bring crystals down, sure.
1: Yeah, I don't see why not.
0: I'll smudge myself. <laughs> <laughs> <as that. laughs> All right, everybody. Yay. Thank you so, so much. Uh, at GTTU pod for more of us. Patreon.com slash GTTU pod. For really more of us. For really more of the, us. Not only the Netherworld Dispatch, which comes out every single week. Yep. Uh, find a tier that fits you, but also... Mm-hmm. For episode three hundred, we did a full commentary for the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, so go dive in if you haven't had enough. Um, We'll be back next week for more. Until then, follow us online. Yep, I'm at Chillin Kristen. I'm at the Myth Traveler. Go download Blackwood. Yeah, really do.
1: I I know that I'm biased, but Blackwood is so good. I'm very. I I, I
0: remain very proud of it, and I've always always hoped for more. I know. Fingers crossed. I'm very nearly done with a deal that would get into. a territory people would appreciate, I mm-hmm. think. I'm working on, uh, I've got things I can't talk about. What um, were you about to say? I well, Things I can't talk about.
1: But well, I thought maybe you were going for something vague and then,
0: no. I, I'll, I'll Let's away. just say, if you enjoy the Blair Witch Project and mm-hmm. if you enjoy Blackwood, I think you'll enjoy something that I'm working on now with Dennis Kahlo and Bethany Watson. That's right. Uh, and it seems like it's very nearly official. Yeah. Uh, so with uh, no further ado, we will leave you. See you next week for more Blair Witch, everybody. Yes. Thank you for 300 episodes of yeah. your support, of fun, of keeping us going. We greatly appreciate it. We greatly appreciate you. Yes, we do. So we'll see you in the woods again. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the Netherworld
1: go we. That is so cool that you're staying at the motel. That's I, so
0: fun. I almost didn't too because uh-huh. it looks. Do you not think other people will great?
1: Be, <laughs> do you think other people will be there who like are Blair Witch heads? I would
0: imagine. I don't think it's the most original idea in the world. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's awesome. But I thought of it and I was like, I wonder if that place still exists, and it does. Yeah. So I did it. Yeah. So we'll see. It'll
1: be fine for one night. Do you I remember, know? I stayed in a motel like semi recently, and it was little sketch
0: yeah i I didn't i didn't love it oh trust me i've stayed in some busted (laughs) place especially when i travel alone yeah it's like it's like i'm on holiday from safety because like i don't (laughs) i feel i feel like i don't need to like somehow dress it gussy it up to protect you know Allie or something like that yeah that's an interesting point would i have stayed there if i was there with ryan Throw caution to the wind i don't know i'm sure i would have showed it to him like what do
1: you think and he probably would be like i don't know
0: yeah i think
1: i was just trying to save a buck yeah, exactly. And I was only going to be there for like 12 hours, so I was like, night. screw it. I'll yeah, get there yeah, yeah. late,
0: and I'll wake up, and I'll leave. Yeah. But if you want to kill me, uh, the, the locks probably won't work. No. So if you want to rob or, or kill me, come find me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't see that. The witch is listening. Oh, no,
0: she's listening. She's always listening. She can't oh, no. She can't reach me here.
1: I don't know. William, yes, she can. I'll be on
0: the, the witch's bounds. I don't know if that's true. Well, bear in mind. We don't know that. We I've been to Burkittsville and come back.
1: That is does true. Does that mean I
0: escaped, or does that mean she let me go? These are all conversations I had intensely while working on the Blair Witch.
1: Of course. And maybe also she's just laying in wait. Absolutely. Like maybe she's already in there, but she just hasn't activated yet.
0: Maybe. Maybe she's just waiting. Dormant. Maybe she's waiting for this thing. Chauncey, I almost said it. There is an Econo Lodge there, and I almost booked it for that story before I remembered the Blair Witch uh, Motel.
1: Hell yeah, Chauncey. almost booked an Econo
0: Lodge. The witch can't come into town. Remember, that's one of the rules, says TT yes but yeah remember how hard we tried to find every way to stretch that <laughs> <role>. <laughs> and again i still think everyone's open partially they got everyone's got their own interpretation of course i've always felt that mine is right this okay. is how could you not i will completely own my arrogance when it comes to blair witch i love it too much <laughs> and i believe in my theories i too believe much. in
1: your theories too
0: i believe in me i do too i choose me